today on the first episode of the Av Podcast since taking my semi hiatus, I'm joined by the founder of Skills Refinement Group and head coach of Uplay AAU program, O'Neill Kamaka, as we discuss the contentious summer of Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. We discuss the latest blockbuster trade of the summer, Donovan Mitchell heading over to Cleveland. And we wrap up the episode getting into Team Canada's consistent issues with meddling on a world stage. B- basketball, not, not, not hockey. Not hockey. We, we know not hockey. So I, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. And I'll probably be saying this a couple more times over the next little bit. But thank you for your support on the latest episode that I did last month. I appreciate the love. I really do. I'm grateful for it, actually. And honestly, I'll probably dive into all of that gratefulness in a future episode one day. But trust me, it was it was greatly appreciated, you know, and <laughs> I would say that I'm I'm glad to be back as well, because, you know, I'm awaiting that 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 five star love that you got for me, because I know you got it. I know you got it. you got it. You got it. When you provide that five star love, I'm not even joking. It, it really goes a long way for the for the, for the show. So please, if you can place some five-star loves on, on my feeds, it's greatly appreciated. Please and thank you. Listen, rate, review, and subscribe to South Shore Ave, wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out my website, SouthShoreAve.com, for all of my past shows, episodes, and work overall. All right? Once again, that's SouthShoreAve.com. It's the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. Let's get it. Welcome to the Ave Podcast with Cal C. On South Sharab Radio. Welcome to the Av Podcast. First of all, O'Neill, it's good, man. How was your summer? It was quick. <coughs> it was quick. Ended up doing you play. I was coaching AAU with you play. It was fun on the UYBL. And then, uh, yeah, man. And I had this month all of July, then I had August, and. Uh, Next thing you know, summer's over. So it was quick. I know it. it, it, it I think we're just saying this offline. Like we needed another month at least of summer. Yes, sir. We, we really did. Who was the um, on your squad or anybody you saw this summer? Who was who was the player that you could say that was like that caught your attention? That made your eyes get big. Oh, I forgot his name. Definitely, um, expressions had a Lithuanian player. Mm-hmm. He's six eleven. He's in the G. Well, his name is slipping my mind right now, but expressions are the Massachusetts. Um, yeah, they had a 611 kid that's going, uh, you know, he's going to the G League Ignite um, this he's year. He's on the Ignite Finish. squad. Ignite squad, I mean. Yeah, he's going to be on the Ignite squad. He's tough. Like, he's a legit, he's legit. 611 guard, you know, he basically was a white version of Kevin Durant. It was tough. So, mm. he, he definitely, he definitely, you um, he definitely stood out really? out of all the players. Yeah, he definitely stood out. No, that's cool. That's cool. I think yeah. I, I think I might have seen something on on um, an IG about it. Not just saying when he said a, a white Kevin Durant, I'm like that's that that feels familiar. I feel like I seen some highlight package or something this summer with that kid. I can't remember his name either now. But if he's, yeah. if, if but if he's going on the ignite, um, you know, we're definitely gonna we'll we'll know his name <laughs> very shortly. You know, I'm sure, right? Especially if he has oh, that kind of skill set. I'll tell you his name right now. Uh, the Lithuanian name. They also had an African kid that was just long and athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and and he's joining it. This person's name also escapes me. But isn't he joining um, a, a Canadian on on the Ignite team this this year? The Lithuanian cat. I can't remember his name now. He has his. his they both put out a U twenty three team. Oh, you talking Miller, about uh, Miller? Yeah. What's his first name again, sorry? Miller um Leonard. Leonard Miller, right, right. So he's gonna be on the uh Ignite team as well. Yeah. Yeah, these players are making moves, man. So might his I name is, uh he's about six nine, Matas Uzelis. Okay. That's but just but basically just everything Durant does, this kid was doing basically. Oh yeah. Same oh, kind yeah. of build as well? Yeah, skinny build. Very skinny build. Mm-hmm. Um very slight build. Yeah, he was tough, man. He could handle. He could handle a rock. I was like, I was very impressed. Very impressed with him. Are, are you? Are you more impressed with him, or are you impressed with this uh, Victor? Uh, what's his name? Wemingyanga. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name properly at the moment. 
but uh, but everybody everybody seems to be tanking for him right now. Web 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 and Yama, sorry, that's his name. Is is he more impressive than that kid, or is, or is that guy basically on the top? Of everybody's built for a reason. Honestly, I'm not impressed by him. I I'm really not. What is it you're seeing though? I'm I'm just I'm just seeing a little bit of highlight packages here and there. But you know he's a seven three guy that could put the ball on the floor and handle. But I'm always a little weary about those guys being like short shots because yeah. of size. But that's me. But but what is it about him that you're seeing that's not like that's that's not like grabbing your attention? Like everybody's buzzing for this guy right now. Because I was thinking of Bobo. I don't know if Bobo got hurt, but I, I saw Bobo play in the UIBO. I remember. I remember you mentioning him on the pod one time, saying that he was yeah, legit. he was handling, he was doing running, he was doing everything. I was like, he was taking guys off the dribble. I you know, yeah, nothing came of it, right? Like he's mm. he's not hooping. Right? I know he uh, got hurt. I know that was part of it, too. I mean, I, I think offensively, yeah, sure, he'll probably give you something. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking about the NBA. When guys start leaning on you, the guys start you know, putting their forearms in you and getting up in your body, mm-hmm. are you going to be able to shed guys? You know? Yeah. Does he have the killer instinct like KD? You know, the thing about and remember, with KD as well, what people don't understand is you know, Kate, the reason why Katie's deadly is because he can do what Steph and Clay could do. Yeah, at he, seven feet. Or he can score in three facets. He can score off the catch, off the move, off the dribble. Yeah. Right? He can ISO you like Steph and score, or he can run you off screens. Right? So, you know, if these guys can't do that, all it takes is a strong defender to get up in you, a PJ Tucker, you know, um, OG, like some sort of strong wing defenders just get up in you yeah. and press upon you, then what are you going to do? Every time you catch all these guys, these guys are going to be up in your shorts. If you can't loosen them up, off, running them off some screens and then catching the ball and getting rid of your shot, yeah, that's great, but you know that doesn't impress me because I know when the real... Okay, so let's say you do, you're, you're okay, you do well in the regular season. Playoff comes, we know that's the real season. Right. And then that's when the defense ramps up, ramps up. And then when guys start getting in you and being physical with you, mm-hmm. right? You got to be able to start loosening up good defenders. You can't let them set their feet. So you got to start running them off screens, keeping them off balance. The same way you would keep, you know, um, as an offensive player, you try to keep the defender off balance. So now you got to run these guys off screens. You got to make them fight. You got to make them, you know, you got to be running them off screens. And so I don't know if these guys, these guys are just coming straight ISO one-on-one. You might get away with that in regular season, maybe, right? But playoff comes when guys start leaning on you, getting physical in you, up in you. That might not work. So he's, you know, he's, he's a shiny new toy, but I don't know, man. You, you know, it's interesting though because, like, I because I've I've heard some people say that he's the best high school, like best young prospect since LeBron James, and I'm like, you know, LeBron. The the one thing that was special about him outside of his skill set was that. Physically, he was already stepping into the league. That's what made him a freak, because yeah. because he was already like the biggest small forward in the NBA, or like maybe top three. You know what I mean? Maybe our test and maybe one or two other guys might have been bigger when he came in. But you knew that like once he got his man strength, I like to call it. Once he got his man strength and the size, and he put on some weight, like this is going to be a freight train, which has become. Right. So like already when he stepped in the league, he was already like he was already 20, 30 pounds bigger than like a McGrady at the time. You know what I mean? So that's what like so even getting up in his shit, it's like, yo, he's got the actual size, you know what I mean? And the strength to move you without even knowing how to do it yet. You know what I mean? So that that's what made him special coming out of high school. You know, everybody has their their couple of years where they take a little bit of time. So like with him, it's like, I don't know, this the history of. When I think of guys that are like seven three and up, like having success, I'm not saying they don't have a, they don't have success, but like, especially like the the the, the slender frame guys, like a like a Porzingis. Porzingis is seven three. That guy cannot stay healthy. You know, I think of Big Z. Big Z is a bigger, you know, more prodding big man, but he had, for years he had issues with his feet. You know, um, you know, I go back to Ralph Sampson back in the day, seven four, can't miss prospect. What's I mean, he had still made the Hall of Fame, but it was mostly because of what he did in college. What took mm-hmm. him out of the pros was his was his was his lower <laughs> extremities, right? Yep. 
So so seeing that this kid is 17 or 18 years old, however old he is, and he's already 7'3", and he's got that slender frame, I'm like, I mean, if, he, if he's that can't-miss prospect and he, and, he, and he does well, I'm not saying he's going to be the first, but he might be. Actually, no, he might be the first one that has, has a lengthy career that is at that size and that height. I'm just a little nervous about guys being 7'3". Bro, not even so much that he's 7'3", is the guy weighs 100 pounds wet. Right, right. Yo, guys are going to start going, yo, Jokic is just going to bury this guy under the basket, bro. Yep. Forget Jokic. Joel Embiid's like, oh, my God, barbecue, chicken. He's just going to start caving this guy's chest in. Giannis. Giannis is like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to go through this guy like, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Rip it on him, just like over him, body him. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested to see, but it's funny because Utah's – Basically, it look it looks like at least so far that they're looking to mortgage their future on on him and other future prospects. So before we begin on on what we're going to talk about, because I, I definitely want to get into to KD and and Brooklyn that whole scenario, that whole zoo over there. But before we begin, we had a big trade last week. Donovan Mitchell heading over to Cleveland for three unprotected picks, two pick swaps. Laurie Marketing, Colin Sexton, who they they re-signed for four years and seventy two million. Um, they picked up a rookie, Oche uh, uh, Abaji. Uh, yeah, from Kansas. From Kansas, right. Yeah, he was actually nice. Um, because this is my first pod, you know, and, that, and this trade came out of, seemingly came out of nowhere. But because this is my first pod since the beginning of the summer that's basketball related, what are your thoughts on this crazy trade? I thought it was a great trade for Cleveland. Uh, people like Utah won. I thought Cleveland won. I think you have a... You have a poor guard um, in Garland. You have a score in Mitchell who's demonstrated that he can step up and score big buckets. That's what you look for, guys who, you know, who rise to the occasion. Yep. And then you have, you know, Mobley. And then you have um, um, Allen. And so you got interior defense. And Mobley gives you interior offense as well. He's a lot. He's more skilled than... Jared Allen. And uh yeah, man, you have Kevin Love. If you get um let me look at the roster. Who else is on that who else is on the Cleveland roster? Karis Levert. Yeah. Karis uh, Levert, well, he, um he, Okoru. He, he could be he could be your sixth man off the bench. Who Levert? Be, oh no, that's what that's what he will be. Yeah, he could be your sixth. He could give you the scoring off the bench. Which I think is a great role for him. Yeah. You still got, I, you still got Ricky what, Rubio. What I look at not uh, Jared Allen, Jared Allen, yeah, not Jared, but Jared. What I look at honestly is, is I look at a defensive end because you have scoring and then you need defense, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm looking for is who's the perimeter defender that's going to lock up because you already have the interior defense with with Jared Allen and Mobley. Right. You have your scoring with Garland. Mitchell's going to close it out. And you have Jared Levert coming off. Um, um, yeah, coming off the bench. Karis Jared Karis Levert coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> you want to say Gerald? Yeah. You no, know you want to say his hook. Go on. I know, but I'm looking for I'm looking for a perimeter defender. Right. Is it Lamar Stevens? Is it um, is it a Koru? Is it a Koru? Who's going to be that three and D guy? I'm going to guard the perimeter's best. I'm going to guard the other team's best perimeter player. Yeah. Whether it's one, whether it's the three, right? That when you build a team, that's when I'm looking at a team. That's what I'm, those are the pieces I'm looking to have. Like, who's going to be that perimeter defender? You already have the interior defenders. You're good, and then you have, and then you have your security. What I call the security blanket. Your when things get hectic, you just go to your security blanket, which is Donovan Mitchell. And you're just going to start making shots. Right. And so once you have those things, and then you have a point guard, and you have a really good point guard in Ricky Rubio. And here's why, because he's he's a facilitator. Mm -hmm. Garland is more of a scorer. So now when you have a facilitator, that's even better. Facilitators are better because they control the temper of the game. They're not just going to come down looking for theirs. They're going to come down and look for the best shot. Right. And it's either going to be, let me get it to Donovan Mitchell in an ISO or in a two-man game. Coming off of a pick and roll, or pick, I mean a pick and uh, down screen or a pick down for with um, Mobley, 
I could put, you know, I mean, you don't want to put Ricky Rubio on a pick and roll because he can't shoot. So all you're going to do is just, get, um, you know, you're just going to back off. But, yeah. you know, at least with Rubio, Rubio coming down running the point, you know, you're going to get some, some form of ball movement. Right, mm-hmm. and it solidifies yeah. things going like you know, especially coming off the bench. That second, that second yeah. lineup too. But he might even finish the game, right? Yeah, he get some ball, right? I think Kevin Love is on the team. Is he not? Yeah, he's still there. Kevin Love, right? So they got a solid squad, man. So I like it. I think it's uh, uh, Cleveland's going to be tough, and they already play defense. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, they're a strong defensive. Um, they already are, yeah. Yeah, they're already a good defensive team. So. And they got some shooters up there. They got all the pieces, right? So Cleveland's going to be solid. Yeah, I mean, it works well for both teams. It's one of those rare trades that both teams wins, as you're mentioning. But, like, you know, like, like, you know Cleveland, it works because they finally get this legit score. And as you mentioned, I can finish games. Because, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he's not a superstar. But right now he's, he's the best offensive scorer they have. He's a high-level all-star, right? Mm. But. While, you know, he's getting acclimated, and if I'm like the GM and I'm getting him acclimated, if I'm, if I'm Kobe Altman, I'm putting my arm around Mitchell, getting him acclimated to the arena, the city, everything else. But when we get to practice, I'm putting my arm around Mitchell, and I'm pointing at Mobley, and I'm telling him, you see that guy right there? It's his team within two years. And fuck, mm-hmm. if, he, if he's ready now, it might be his squad now. Like, mm-hmm. I actually like, I don't know about you, but I actually like watching Cleveland last year. Like, I love their size in the front court, especially, you know, <laughs> and, and Mobley, like. But they, but they competed. Yeah, yeah man. And, and, and honestly, Mobley, like, don't get me wrong. Listen, I love Scotty Barnes, and I'm happy he won Rookie of the Year. Much deserved, for sure. But if Evan Mobley won Rookie of the Year last year, I was not disputing that at all. Because when you watch their games, like, that, that kid on both ends of the floor it's so versatile. That guy can guard from one to one, like basically from twos to fives right now, legitimately. And mm-hmm. the the progress of his development right now at this stage is, is still so early. Like he's he's still on Similac. The guy's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even though they gave up that size, because as much as you love Mitchell, like I was, I remember I was, uh, I think I was Googling like his, uh, his bio over the summer. I think when, you know, they were talking about trading him and stuff. And I forgot that he's only six one. Like he's not Ooh. tall. Like Mitchell. Mitchell's legitimate six one. Uh, Mitchell's like six three, bro. No, he's you know you know you know what they do in the NBA now that they, they, they give you their real size now. Right? They they don't they don't bump it up a couple inches. They give you a real size. Six one. He's got a six ten wingspan. At six one? Yeah. His Lord wingspan that. is freakishly long. It's like it's a, it's a freakishly long wingspan. That's why he gets his shots over everybody the way that he does. And he has a he has an incredible bounce. He's amazing, but mm-hmm. I'm like they they definitely gave up some size, and I think it's worth it because I mean I like marketing, and you know I know you know what they call uh, Sexton again. I forgot what his, what his nickname is Sexton, but um but that guy I mean he tore his knee, and I don't think he like the way they played. I think he was basically out of there anyway. They weren't going to mm-hmm. sign him back. They didn't need him, and I think he was. In terms of uh, development, I think he might have hurt Mobley's development. Like that guy, if you watch him play, he does not pass at all, like at all. You know what Who's I mean? Sexton? Oh, Sexton does not like does not like to pass at all. He's yeah, yeah. he's Will he's Will Smith on 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 Bel Air Academy. He doesn't like to pass yeah. at all. Like even though they gave up their size, it, it pushes the team to the next level. So it's it's agreed. It's, it's the highest like ceiling squad that that Cleveland's had post LeBron. Like both the first time he left and the second time he left, that's that's existed. But on the other side, man, I'm like three unprotected picks though. Three, man, that's a lot. And the swaps, like you couldn't just have one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like like Danny Age on the Utah side. I mean, yeah, like that guy acquired in, in one summer. He acquired six extra picks plus four swaps. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got a great chance to let. I know we were discussing Victor before, but you, you still got a, a chance to land him, and you can you know just pick up players on the rebuild. You know, and support their next potential star, whether it's Victor or Victor and a combination of Victor and another young stud coming down the pipeline. And you know, you're hearing too as well that they're going to be, you know, cleaning house and trying to move the rest of their vests, looking to move Clarkson, looking to move you know um, Mike Conley if they can. You know, they're looking to move um, uh, Bogdanovich if they can. You know what I mean? So they're going to go on their full youth movement. But 
You know when you do those moves, how that works. It's going to buy Ainge and those guys above at least three, four years off top just to for the job security, just to see the future through, right? When you're making this this full renovation of the of the, of a franchise, you're gonna get some time to you know to try, at least to try to see it through. And Ainge has the name and the pedigree to you know what I mean to trust him with that, right? Yep. So so it definitely it definitely works on on both ends. But I just that's my only thing is like my God, that that Utah Minnesota trade really screwed up the market for for everything, man. Because you're giving up so much for an all star. What the hell do you give up for a superstar? You know what I mean? Yep. Like you got to give up so much, man. It's it's wild to me. But Cleveland definitely makes the East more interesting, which I thought they were going to be. I thought Cleveland was going to be interesting coming into this year anyway. But they they became a lot more interesting. I don't think they're going to win the title, mind you, but they're definitely going to be a, a, a strong playoff contender because Mitch has got that experience. You know what I mean? He's he's been in the. I don't think he's missed the playoffs since he's been in, in the league. I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. He's been in the playoffs every year since he's been in the league. So, I mean, he's, I don't think they've made a conference final. I don't think so. But they've at least made the second round like three, four times. Like, he's, you know, he's he knows what it's about. So, you're looking at veteran leadership. You know, you, you, you got it on that squad. But, you know, an, another star coming in, like, he, he knows what to do. This isn't foreign to him, right? So, and at the end of the day, like, his, his name got batted around a little bit too, right? Just because... You know, people are looking at him like being kind of selfish last year and, you know, the whole beef with not beef, but like, you know, the the whole synergy between him and Rudy Gobert seemed off, you know, so it's like, you know, like, so this is a new, uh, just a brand new fresh start to get his, I don't want to say get his name back, but like, it's just a new fresh start to just to do his thing now, right. you know, and, and like, there's an upside. This is not like a veteran team that's made to win now, like these <laughs> Like Garland and, and Mobley, especially, they got like a few more years before they even start getting into their prime. So this is this window's extended huge for him, man. It's it's awesome. Yep, definitely. And, it, and it's so unexpected. But you know, speaking of which, though, like right, because uh, you know, obviously, I want to talk about Brooklyn, right? Going into how they met, how Utah messed up the market for for a team like well, not even well, I would say for Team Durant, right? You know, we all know what happened this summer with with the craziness of KD requesting a a trade and everything that went down the whole summer. Have you ever seen anything like Kevin Durant before? And I don't mean just the player; I just mean the persona. Yeah, like especially this summer. I'm like, have you ever seen anything like a KD? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if if not basketball, what other sport that is similar. To like a superstar that that's that's at his level, but is sometimes sensitive, like he is. Um, I'm really trying to think. Um, yeah, I don't but know. No, yeah, I guess if I'm going to immediately answer your question, it has to be no. But you know, it's yeah for sports. I can't. I can't think. I'm like. Yeah, I don't know, like Eric Lindros, maybe hockey. I don't know. No, like Lindros wasn't like that. No, no, he wasn't sensitive. Actually, no, he wasn't. I remember Lindros being sensitive like that. No, no. Yeah, I don't um, know. that's a great point. I don't know. I don't know. He's so stubborn. He's like, he's like, he was at OKC, and they were playing ISO basketball, one on one, no sharing. The reason why the excuse why he went to to, to Golden State was because the the brand of the ball where they did share the ball, mm-hmm. but then he was you know then he wanted to leave because you know he felt like Kerr wasn't calling enough ISO for him, and then he comes to the Nets and this playoffs him and Kyrie, it was like we're gonna sh- prove that we're so good that we don't need to do ball movement. We're going to just try and outscore double and triple teams mm-hmm. instead of passing the ball, which made absolutely no sense no, at all. And, yeah. people blame, and people were blaming Steve Nash. I was like, come on, man. Like, when people blame Steve Nash after watching that playoff series, I'm like, you guys don't know anything about basketball. I'm going to stop talking basketball with you. Because basic basketball, two guys come to you that means somebody else is open. Sometimes there's three guys coming. 
I remember the last play, there were three guys open and Kyrie didn't pass the ball. I remember um, Brown was open, flashing to the middle. Mm-hmm. Then another shooter in the corner. I think it was uh, uh, Goran Dragic. And then they had another shooter in the opposite corner. And he refused to pass them the ball. And he tried to do some crap and turn the ball over. And miss it. I can't remember how it ended, but I was like, how's that Steve Nash's fault? Like, there's three guys that were wide open. I think Brown was right by the rim. Didn't get in, and he flashed a little bit higher in the key. Wide open. And Kyrie didn't pass the ball. And I'm like, and that's Steve Nash's fault. And they're like, he should have drew some up. I'm like, but maybe he did draw something up. And, and they didn't want to pass the You idiots. Like, so I just stopped talk, talking about people like that. Because if you really watch the game, Boston was one of the, I think they're number one in ISO. Like, when players, when teams are going ISO, they're number one defensively against ISO ball. Yep. That's what they were doing. And they refused, the two superstars refused to pass the ball. And then people were blaming Steve Nash. He should have drew this up. He should, like, or, or the player should have probably ran the stuff that he did drop and moved the basketball. And, but they were, you know, they wanted to show that, you know, either we're so good that we're going to outscore the double and triple D. So they lost. Um, and then, KD's threatening, is blaming the management. It's like, come on, bro. You just signed a four-year contract. You even play one, nothing, and you want to get traded. Like, come on, man. And 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 it, and, 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 I, and I know he gets he gets respected for the business acumen. You know, he has the the media stuff, and him and his agent, they're 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 definitely trying to make moves and stuff. Like both sides of the coast. I respect that. But if you're going to, you know, and some people say that he tries to follow LeBron's coattails a little bit. He has a little rivalry with with, uh, with with LeBron in terms of following, like, what they do off the off the court and all that stuff as well. Fine, whatever. I don't even care about that. But the one thing where maybe you should have followed LeBron on is, I don't know, you ever heard of a thing called opt-outs? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you sign, like, sign a four-year deal? Cool. Maybe have an opt out after year one or two, right? So like if if shit hits the fan, you don't like where it's going. It's like, well, okay, I'm gonna exercise my my right. Your KD, no team is gonna tell you no, and if you want an opt out, they're gonna they want to sign you. So why would you sign a four year deal all in, no opt no opt outs, and then look to force a trade? Like it's funny. I don't know which podcast this was on, man, but Kenny Smith he made a great point this summer about. Like you, I think he was talking about KD, and he was like, "I don't." He's like, "The thing with KD, he's like, I, it's weird because he's like, I've never seen somebody that like him and Kyrie were like, they're so beloved coming into their career, they're so beloved, and basically they just gave that goodwill away. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's it's like it's like you were so loved. No, nobody hated KD. Nobody, well, nobody hated KD. Forget Kyrie, but nobody hated KD. Like even if he was an OKC, nobody hated him. He went to he went to Golden State. He got the backlash, and and when I hear the stories about how like, you know, after they won the the twenty seventeen title and he was waiting for all this adulation and love, and you know people are still giving him backlash, I was confused by that because I'm like, well, everybody's a lot of people thought this was you're just riding coattails, even though Golden State lost the title the year before, but you're going on a seventy three win team. And you win the title in five games. You basically lost one or two games the the whole playoffs. Of course, people are gonna are are gonna like they're not gonna support that. Of course, you know what I mean. So it's like, why are you surprised that you didn't get this love? Like to me, and 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 that apparently is what like kind of like you know what I mean. Like short circuited that like his his stay in Golden State. Which to me, I'm like, even though I hated the fact that he went to Golden State. I also love the fact because you watch those games, it was beautiful basketball. The way they moved the ball, it was beautiful. Everybody got their shot. So the point you're going back to the point you're making about how he was complaining about how I'm not getting enough ISO plays. I didn't understand that because I'm like, KD, you're still getting every shot you want. Like uh-huh. the ball's coming to you. You're, you're <laughs> like the, the ball's coming to you in such easier ways. You're not being double teamed. And even when you are, you got so many killers on the other other side of the ball, other side of the court. Nobody can really focus on you for too long. 
You're playing one-on-one. Like, a guy like KD's playing one-on-one for, like, half the game, which is, like, unheard of. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, he tore his Achilles, whatever, but it's like, okay, you, you wanted to play a beautiful brand of basketball, and you're a hooper. Why would you stay with this? It's kind of like you don't even play a pickup run, and it's like you just find that perfect squad. Everybody knows how to play. Everybody knows how to move the ball. If somebody's hot, if you're hot, everybody's feeding you. If, you're, if the next man's hot, you know, you're going to feed that guy. There's no egos. And it's like and you run it for the whole two hours or whatever it is, and you just stay with that squad. Even when you lose, you're like, shit, we're, we're, we want to stay together because yep. this is so fun. Win or lose, you want to play for this next two hours. You know what I mean? And to me, it's like I thought KD found the perfect run. I thought he found the perfect run. He went on the team where, where, uh, uh, you know, Curry's just as big of a superstar as he is. So you could say in some cases, in some cases, might be even be even bigger. Well, not saying basketball, but just in terms of popularity. And that guy was like, "Yo, man, do what you want." You know what I mean? Like you don't ever see that. Like, like you, honestly. Even before or after, you don't ever see players do that to what he like what he did, especially at that level. Coming off to back to back MVPs, unanimous first unanimous MVP, he could have easily been like, "Yo, hell no, I ain't playing with KD," and that would have been the end of it. Nobody would have blamed him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's, so it's like, yo, like, cause you hear the story about how how um, when when you became a free agent in 2019. And KD was coming back. I'm sorry, Steph was coming back from China to try to meet with KD. And by the time he got off the plane, KD already signed with Brooklyn. Like he didn't even give K- uh, Steph a meeting. And yeah. I was like, yo, after all that, like I. So it's like it's kind of like, dude, okay. But but the thing is, I understood it. I understood it. He didn't get that love that he thought he was gonna get. He knows mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Golden State is. It's this is Curry's town. It is what it is. We all knew that. I don't know why you thought he was gonna change that, but okay, whatever. He now he wants to go and do his own thing with with Kyrie. I totally get it. Totally get it. I totally get it. You want to form your own thing. You want to go to New York. You don't even want to go to this. You want to go to Brooklyn. Just form a new, just a new energy. I love it. Fine. I'm all good with it. So like, how does it go from you won one playoff win in three years? This team signs you to a super max and paid you your full max that first year when you're when you're recovering from your Achilles tear. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. They they gave every concession you asked for. They got it. I don't know. I don't even know if Steve Nash wanted to be a coach. They got Steve Nash for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They yep. they got Harden for you. Like and then and then when the Harden thing didn't work out, they flipped it to try to get as much things. Like they did everything possible. So like when he when he was asking for a trade, I'm like I don't like I don't understand Kevin Durant right now, man. I don't. And I'm like honestly, I'll be honest. I, I'm I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of happy that Brooklyn did what they did. And and to me, again, it, it kind of shows you, too, that, like, KD's that example that not everybody's LeBron in terms of team uh-huh. building from a player perspective. I don't even like when LeBron does it. But because to me, when he's done, like, that, he leaves every team in a rubble with no future. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Steph followed that model, for example, K, like, Golden State's window would be completely finished. But he trusted the front office to make moves. You know what I mean? Like that's working in concert. He trusted the front office to make moves, and now he, he like the way it's gonna look, he's never gonna play for another franchise. And his window's been extended. Not everybody can play chess like that. And I think KD kind of proved that this year. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, and I think the difference with LeBron is LeBron is a smart basketball player where he surrounds himself with role players, right? Mm, right. LeBron, when he when he builds his team, he, every team that he built, he always has a, a a number two that could bail him out, that that will, that's willing to take and make big shots. And then he has shooters around him. Right. And what happens is, if you have other superstars, because LeBron's usage rate is so high, those other superstars, their numbers go down. Right. Look at Bosh, Kevin Love, mm-hmm. D Wade. AD, the numbers go down, right? Because LeBron handles the ball so much. And so, you know, that's how the difference. So now that's why LeBron could build the teams with role players, right? But then when he leaves, the teams are shambles because all they are role players. Yep. And they don't have the top five guy, you know, that's going to carry them. 
and, right? and, so and, and future picks. So you can't even say, oh, let me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, so it's, that's why. It's, it's kind of like. Um, it's kind of like Killmonger and uh, and Black Panther when he when he when he burns the uh, when he burns the pit you know you know the, the pit yeah. when they get the flowers he burns it to the ground like there's gonna be yeah. nobody else after me like that's to me that's LeBron like, yeah. so, like you know what I mean but go on and people like that you know as soon as LeBron leaves the team just I'm like yeah because he all he does is he stacks himself with three point shooters role players guys that and he'll pat you know if he gets double teamed their job is to make open shots right. Right? If you follow LeBron, he watch him carefully. That's what he does. So then when he leaves, yeah, the team sucks. Mm-hmm. He's not leaving the team with like great, great players, right? And or where guys were taking turns shooting the rock, he just dominated the ball. Right? And then when he leaves, that's why you know, that's why I remember in the in the bubble when they when Case KCP and somebody else was struggling with their shot. Right? And they were bricking everything. What do you see the next day? You see them, you know, uh um Hardy, um, the Hardy, the trainer, with that, you know, just catching shooting, catching shooting, yeah, run to the corner, catching shoot. Like, yeah, you should have been doing that from day one. So your only job is to shoot the basketball. So, you know, but KD, that's the difference too. KD's now surrounding himself with a lot of good role players, right? And you know, just Kyrie, and then, and actually, I shouldn't even say that because they have Patty Mills who can shoot. Joe Harris is hurt. He's coming um, back. Yeah, you know, Dragon. I know they use how uh, they they didn't use him properly at all. Uh, he could have been a facilitator, and you know, but again, Kyrie and uh, you know, Kyrie and Katie are two betas trying to be alphas, and they're not. Mm. It's, it's interesting. You're calling Katie a beta, but I, I yeah. get it though. I, I just because of the moves he's the the requests and stuff he's trying to make, right? Is that why you say yeah. that? Yeah, I think he's trying to be an alpha, but he's not an alpha. I think he's a beta. I think Kyrie's a beta. They're, tr- they're trying so hard to show that, you know, they're the Matt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they could. I'm like, you have to try. Kyrie's trying so hard ever since from Cleveland, from Boston. He's just trying so hard. And nobody's like, yo, bro, you're not a, you're a beta, right? You need to understand you're a beta. I think KD's the same thing. I don't think Katie's an alpha, and you have two betas trying to be alphas. So it's weird, and it's not working out. Yeah. Now, now with Katie agreeing to come back, you know, after he had that meeting with the front office and and Steve Nash and everybody else and his and his squad, like he's going to be coming back. Do you think that he re- he relinquishes power? No. You don't think so? Okay. No. Um. No. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, I think it was a bluff. You know, he's trying to bluff. He's trying to ting. It didn't work out. And it's in his best interest to play well at least one year. Mm-hmm. It's in Kyrie's best interest to play well because it only – because, again, nobody wanted KD, right, because they had to give up too much. So nobody's yeah. – you know, not that they didn't want him, but they're like, what you're asking for, which is what they should have asked for. Yeah. Right? So they're like, forget that. So they're like, KD, bro, this is what people are asking for. We're not giving that up. They're not willing to give up, right? Like, we're not just going to give you for, you know, we want, you just signed with us. You know, you've been with us for three years. We bent over backwards for you. We paid you when you were hurt. And they said you were paying us. Like, come on, bro. Um, And nobody wants you. So maybe what you should do is show that you deserve, right? Show that maybe these what we ask for, maybe people will, will give us what we ask for because you're still worth it. Because people are questioning, also, you, you're coming off injury, your Achilles injury. So why are they going to give up all that yeah. for an aging superstar who's mercurial now? And you know now he wants you to mortgage their house and they might not want to play after a year or two. So you got to show them that you know you can still bring a championship. So I think probably that's the talk that they had. And obviously Kyrie, you know, it's like. Bro, people don't even know if you're going to show up. You know, mm-hmm. you're very emotional. So who knows when you wake up? You want, you definitely want to get paid, but you just don't want to work to get paid. In your mind, you you think you've earned it, and you know you should be playing sixty games instead of eighty-two. Pick and choose, like so. You know, these are the guys that you're dealing with, right? So it's like, for KD, I think you're just like, all right. You know, he still has power. 
Oh, this dude's got them BKD. Yeah. I don't think he's, he lost anything. I think this dude is one of the best scorers out there. He's seven foot and could do... He can basically do what... He doesn't necessarily have the range, but he can shoot, right? He get you know he's a bucket getter, right? So the range like we mean range like like, like, like Curry range, yeah. Okay, okay. Doesn't have the range like Steph. I didn't finish my thoughts. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't have the range like Steph, mm-hmm. but he can get buckets like stuff as far as coming off the screen, the move, right, off the dribble. So, and he's seven foot. He's tall and stuff. And that's the work. And that's the thing. Both of them players beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. But go on, mm-hmm. sorry. Beautiful to watch. Yeah, he doesn't have to work as hard. So, yeah, he's still good. He still has power. The guy could, guy's the top three in the NBA. So, I mean, I, I think he did relinquish some of it, though, because, again, he's on a four-year deal, no opt-outs. And, you know, he's a self-proclaimed hooper. So, you know, he's just not going to, like, he's not going to pull like Ben Simmons or James Harden. He's not going to show up overweight or just not show up at all. You know, but I think if he was to do anything like that, if that was like his last, that's like his last card if he wanted to like really not play for the Nets, even though I know they worked everything out. But like that would just completely tarnish any goodwill he had left. You know what I mean? Because, again, when you when you couple in that Rudy Gate, uh, that Rudy Gobert trade, like at this stage now for for that level of superstar, you got to give up your firstborn and, and maybe like part of your spleen. Right now, for a superstar, like you, you got to give up so much for them. And again, I don't blame the Nets for what they did. They played to me. They played this as great as you can play it. You know, like going forward, I think that you know the 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 CBA, which I think is uh, is coming up. It's coming up at the at the end of the twenty three twenty four season. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that's gonna be it's gonna be hella interesting, man. Because I think the Brooklyn Nets are like prime a example for these owners as to like. Okay, maybe we might have to look at the football, the football mode, and maybe not guarantee everything that we used to. If you guys aren't going to show up, you know what I mean, or or, or if we're going to sign you to these big deals, and you're not going to, you know, you're you're just going to quit on us, or you're going to be like a Ben Simmons and just not show up, and then try to <laughs> sue a team for not getting paid. You know exactly. what I mean? Like this team right now, they got three players right now that are like the perfect. They're like prime A examples for like for the owners to be like, yeah. We need to fix some shit here. You know what I mean? And it's and it's I'm usually pro player, but and and that point I, I can't sit there and be like, oh, they got they got no leg to stand on. I'm kinda like, mm, they got a point. Yeah. What's they do? They got a point. I think to me it's like I didn't understand what he did. Like we're lucky. I mean, I think for somebody like KD, he's lucky we're in the social media, you know, like short attention span era where it's like, you know, by like December nobody's gonna even be talking about this, right? But right. as long as they're winning and stuff, especially. But I, I think with him though, it's like I don't like it's, it's like a self, it's like a self-inflicted gun wound. Like I don't understand, like the moves that he's made over the last few years, where it's like all of a sudden now people are like, you go on his Twitter, you know, like he has this thing where he loves to go on Twitter and go back and forth with fans all the time, and it's like, why are you wasting your time doing this? You know what I mean? Like, like for him, I guess it, I guess it's fun. I don't know, or I don't even know if it's fun as much as it is an addiction. That dopamine addiction, like I don't get it. You know what I mean? Because it's like at this point, it's like, dude, like KD just hoop, man. Like you know what I mean? Like just you got a squad. Like you got a squad. Like you look at that team. That team's pretty good. We'll get to them in, a, in like the the rest of the roster in a moment. But like their team isn't bad. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I don't put them ahead of like Milwaukee or the Warriors or anything like that just yet. But like. I, I don't know. To me, I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see them being as, as, as. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're that far off. I really don't. Especially if you can get those guys to play. So, uh, maybe it's just me, but I think. I think they're all right. So like, I think. I think they got all the right pieces, bro. Yeah. I got all- yeah. Katie's no. Just, Katie's just being. Katie's just being moody and sensitive. Yeah, I, I find it wild. Like, where where do you see? It's funny after everything's said and done. Right, where do you where do you see Brooklyn going this season? Do you, like after after everything's said and done, do you think they have a chance to win the title, or you know, like at least a chance? Um, hell yeah, if everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, put it this way, yeah, because even if Kyrie, even if Kyrie's being Kyrie, if you got Ben Simmons playing, bro, that guy will play defense, pass the ball, read, he'll do everything else, and he's like, KD, you do all the scoring. So and then. 
he'll be your facilitator. Yeah. So he can penetrate, hit Patty Mills, hit Joe Harris. Come on, man. Definitely. Let, Definitely. let, let Kyrie cook. Ben, let let KD cook. Ben Simmons is the key. You, you know what's funny, though, Neil? Like, before Bang got traded, like, I was saying this last year, and I always thought him going to the Nets made the most sense. I just thought that it was going to be um, Kyrie being traded to to the Sixers and not, not Harden. But I always thought him going to that team was the right squad. Because, as yep. you mentioned, he's a pass-first player. He's great in the open floor. He's got great vision. He can play D. And you don't have to count on them to score at the end of games. I mean, even though you can you can do the hack of Ben until the two minute mark, but I think he's like the lightning rod here with this squad. Like, where is he mentally? You know, like is is he gonna like is it like how is his back as well? Like, is his back gonna sap him like sap his energy or his greatness like it did D twelve after his back surgery before he got to the Lakers in two thousand twelve? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so th- those are the two things I want to see. Like, where where is his back and where is he mentally? Because is he is he not over not dunking on Trey Young like two years ago or a year and a half ago? Is he not over that yet? Like I don't know, you know what I mean. But like the skill set is there for him to be good. I think he's I think he's actually the perfect player for them. Right. When they went after Harden, I didn't to me it didn't make sense because yeah. I was like I thought like, Harden's a great scorer, he's a facilitator too. But to me they it's like you had too much scoring. They didn't need that much scoring. You know what I mean? They needed some. Sorry, go ahead. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I think Hardy didn't fit the team. No. And I, I, I never thought so. So it's like, you know, Kyrie at this point kind of wants to be like a like a six foot two version of a Kobe Bryant. Let him and just not really, you know, pass all that much. We got a player that can kind of that can say, Okay, do go do that then. I'll I'll find you. You know, I'll I'll find you. And he's got the court vision, he's got the size. If they want to go small, he's got this, you know, he's six ten. I you know I I don't know if he should be playing points still you know what I mean but he can still facilitate wherever position he's at. It's weird. It's like I, I'm not as confident based on number one Kyrie's health himself because he's I don't think he's played more than like seventy games his whole career. You got KD heading towards the end of his prime with his lower extremity injuries, and then even though they they had that powwow to clear the air with with uh, with KD in the front office and everything. Do you trust that it's going to stay this way? Is it just going to stay this way until you mentioned like how before, like if he has a good year, they, they just they just ship him out and then they don't re-sign Kyrie and they just go back to square one? I don't know. Like to me, I'm looking at their players right now. They got Royce O'Neal they picked up from Utah, which I think it's a solid pickup. You know, that's a perimeter three and D player. You got Markeith Morris. You got Joe Harris coming back, Seth Curry, Patty Mills. You just picked up TJ Warren, who if he's healthy, that's a good bargain. Like to me, I I think there's I don't know, man. They they got pieces there. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something, man. I I think they're I think they're gonna be a really good squad as long as they can stay together and be healthy. I I I don't see how they won't be successful. Like as 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 much as Boston was successful this year, I I felt like Boston swept the Nets, right? But they won those games by 16 points combined, right? So. If I'm new, if I'm Brooklyn, a few moves here or there, maybe, maybe that, maybe you're taking two of those games back. Now it's a pick'em. You know what I mean? Like they beat Milwaukee, uh, Middleton missed the whole series, right? And still yep. win seven games. I still think Milwaukee was the best team in the East, but you know we you got to give Boston their props. But again, that went that went seven games without Middleton. I th- I just think they just ran out of gas. You know, and, and then I think with Miami, it's like Miami's a very, they're always going to be a very good team. They're always going to be really tough, you know, and I got to give more props to, to Jimmy Butler. You know, Jimmy Butler is a tough player, man. He's not a superstar, but he's a tough player. But I'm not surprised they beat him either. You know what I mean? But it's like if Brooklyn can step up, if Philly can step up, I like the moves that they they did in the offseason. I think, um, who was his name? De- DeAnthony Melton on um the the backup point guard on uh, on Memphis they scooped him up they just scooped up uh, Montrezl Harrell like I, I like some of the moves that they're doing like I said Milwaukee is gonna be there again like Milwaukee right now has to feel like oh we're an injury away from going back to back you know what I mean like that's how they, I, like at least if I'm them that's how I'm thinking right so in the East is like Brooklyn just has to just has to stay together and they could be they could be right at the top of the conference too well of course like, again. I stay healthy, 
should be there. Yeah, this is a weird summer, man. I don't, I don't, I don't understand them this summer with all this. I really don't. <laughs> um, but you know, before we go, I want to talk a little bit, or at least give you the space to talk about Team Canada, at least the senior program, a little bit. Like at this stage of the basketball development, you know, there's more Canadian basketball players in NCAA than ever before. Um, Canada has the most NBA talent in the league outside of America. Toronto itself, the city, the GTA, the six, has more players in the NBA than 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 um, than New York City. Yet every two years or four years, we're struggling to make the Olympics or like the World Championships. Like like honestly, by now, like you know, five six years ago when I started this podcast, I thought by this time right now we'd be battling the U.S. for gold or at least be a shoo-in for the medals. And, and I'm not bringing this up to take any shots at Team Canada or anything. I swear I'm not. I'm, le- I'm legitimately asking because I'm just, I really just want to know. Maybe you can explain to me, what's, what's the story with Team Canada? Is, is it a fair question to even ask this? Uh, I think we talked about it before. I've had this conversation in the past. I just think, I think the question that has to be asked is, why is it that players at a young age want to play for Canada and then somewhere along the line, they don't? They don't want to play. They want to, you know, they don't have the patriotism. Mm-hmm. When kids are young, the only thing they dream of is playing for Team Canada. So what happens along the line where guys just don't want to play for Canada? They go and play, you know, they'd rather not do something else, take the summers off or go play for another country if they, you know, dual citizenship or a parent in another country. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, because that's what it comes down to. Is it the selection process? Do they always take their 12 best players? Mm-hmm. Is it mandate that they take certain players? Right? right. So they got like, bro, these are not the best players. Like, we're not, I can't go to war with this guy. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to ask some of these questions. Why is it? And why? Yeah, we have the most guys in the NBA, yet, you know, we're not ranked high. Um. I know guys are trying. I know guys like Shea are trying to change that. Yeah, RJ didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, Shea, Shea. The thing about Shea is he reminds me of Nash in the sense of the way the confidence that he gives is like when guys. The confidence that he gives his teammates when guys were playing with with Nash. You had again your security blanket. You just you were good. Yeah, you knew you had Steve to take care of you, and when things got hectic, Steve was was running the tempo, he's going to make the right pass, but he was going to take over when he needed to. And Shea's sort of the same way, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Shea's a great point guard. He has a great feel for the game. He can score, he can pass, he can do everything. He's long, he's, he's herky-jerky, he's explosive, he's six seven. So, you know, if Shea's there, um, you know, they'll be all right. RJ's going to be there. I think Andrew will play. So, we'll see. You know, we'll see what, you know, some guys... You know, guys have committed for long, for the long term. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, like is it like like is it the money? Like I know a lot of these guys are in the in the NBA now. No, is, it, is it the money? Is it like it's somewhere? It's somewhere along the line where guys just things happen. Maybe in the in the in the their previous experience, the yeah. selection. How they see things are being done, and it's like, oh, I don't want to play. Like, it, is it kind of like the CRTC? How they how they have like a radio station where it's like. You can only play. You have to play like thirty percent Canadian music. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's whether it's is it is it that like you know I don't want to say, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? But that is, that's exactly what it is, right? And it, it's not at the end of the day. It should just be put the best guys on the team. I don't care where they come from, right? right. But don't put guys on the team just because. Do this, and I understand why they do it because they want to promote CS basketball. That's fine. They want to tell the kids stay at home. You know, the light of the kids. This is what I don't. You know, like. <laughs> It's like, bro, listen, man. Just if you look at basketball, if you approach basketball the same way we approach hockey, like we know that Canada's the best country in the world for hockey. Other close countries are coming close and they're right there, whatever. Oh, really close, but Canada, that's what we're known for, right? Right. We produce some of the best hockey players. And, right? when, we, and when we lose, it's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. So, like, from juniors all the way up. Yeah, let's not be delusional. The United States is the best country in the world for basketball. Mm-hmm. Don't delude yourself, right? And so at the end of the day, right, you want guys that are down in the States that are playing with these guys that are dogs, 
right? It's like the history of violence where Vito Morrison steps on his brother's bodyguard, is on, you know, after he knocks out the bodyguard, he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. And he shoots his brother on his way out. He steps on the bodyguard's neck, just crushes his neck. Mm-hmm. That's what guys are like in the States. When you're down, they're going to crush you, step yeah. on your esophagus and just kill you, right? That's the mentality that they have down there. We don't have that in back. We have that in hockey, right? In hockey, we're going to bully people. We're going to, you know, we're going to body check some guys into the boards, you know, take off your head. But we don't have that in basketball, right? And we got to get that, right? And some of our players have it. You know, Lou Dortz, that guy's a dog. That guy's grimy, right? Dylan Brooks is grimy. The guy's on that team that's not really the, not afraid to punch a guy in his mouth, right? Right. And so, and but you get that in the States. You get that mentality because those guys are coming at you. You have kids, your teammates who, they grew up in the slums. They grew up where, you know, any minute their the lights are going to be turned off. They don't have food. I had a teammate who wore a size shoes. He wore size shoes that were three sizes smaller than his feet. Wow. Couldn't afford shoes, bro. And so at the end of the day, these are the kind of guys that you're going to be, you know, that's, that you're, you know, you're battling up against day in and day out in that environment. You become a dog. You become a killer. Mm. And I don't care what they say about the CIS. I coach in the CIS. You know, there's a different mentality. We, you know, when it comes to basketball, we're nice. There's a we're robotic, we're systematic, right? And then when you have the guys in the states, these guys are stone cold assassins that will slice your throat, but step the, on it, but the, it off. But the thing is, the guys that are going and playing prep school and you know going to the like you know like ended up going through the U.S. circuit, like a lot. Some of these guys end up being that though, right? Exactly. Like, and they get drafted to the NBA. Yeah. He yeah, ain't rocket, but... rocket science, bro. He ain't rocket science, and we kid ourselves, right? We tell ourselves, yeah, you know, we have we have talent here, so we can stay and play, and it, it will be good. I'm like, the, the decision makers are in the United States. The guys that make decision draft, they're in the United States. They don't care about Canada. They're patriotic. All they care about is the U.S. They're not going to give any credence to what we do up here. No way. Yeah. Right. They're always going to always going to be focused on their homegrown talent and good credence and give more, um, you know, more attention uh, to what's happening in the ball in, in the United States and where kids are playing. So when we're up here playing prep school and do whatever, they're like, whatever, who are you, who are you playing against? Right? You know, who are you battle tested against? Now, if you're in the States and you're going up against, you know, some of the top prep schools, and going up against some of the top players. Now they're like, okay, he played against such and such. He went to this school. Yeah, he played in the, you know, he played in the Geico National Championship. So he played in this tournament. He played in that tournament. But he's also playing, you know, on a daily basis. They put more credence to that than oh, you know, and we're delusional thinking, oh yeah, let's keep our kids here and let's play at prep schools here, and they're gonna go to the NBA. Nah, bro, because that would have happened a long time ago if we're just if we're just about playing basketball here. Yeah. in Canada and getting to the NBA. It's yeah. about playing down in the NBA and down in the States against the top players so that the scouts and GMs can see you going up against future NBAs and they can rank you because that's how you get ranked. So if I'm playing, you know, the perfect example, Lenny Cook, I think he was ranked ahead of LeBron James. Yeah, You watch that Lenny Cook documentary. But as soon as they went to head-to-head, LeBron outplayed him, LeBron's team won. Who was the number one player? LeBron James. That's how it works. So when we're sitting up here like, oh, yeah, we'll hide our kids up here and let them play, great. Well, it's not going to benefit them in the long run, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to make them take them to the next level. Still sharp and steel. When you're down there and you're, and the level is high, you got to raise up to that level. <clears throat> so that makes you better, right? So, and I, you know, Canada will, to some degree, they'll benefit from it because, again, guys who want to come back and play for the country, some guys, not everybody. Yeah. But, you know, you know, some people say the roster should just be all NBA guys, right? And I think it should. I, I've been so, saying that for the last 10 years. Because at the end of the day, if you want to beat the United States, you need guys that were going up against the USA guys <clears throat> day in and day out. So they're not intimidated. Yeah. Right, buddy? They might, some of the guys might even be their teammates that they're going to... They practice against, against every day. Or... or, uh, or I think the biggest thing is what you're saying is like when they see them, they don't. There's no, there's no doubt. There's no fear. There's no intimidation. There's no 
Like all that's out the window. All that's like thrown to the wayside because you just yep. you just seen them as your peer. Yep. Like yeah, he's a star, but so you know I could I you know and especially in that international market where like you see it with like like a team Spain like Spain doesn't have twelve NBA players, yeah, but like uh, a Juan Carlos Navarro you know who might have had a cup of coffee in the NBA when you when you put him in in the in the FIBA format yo he's he's a superstar yeah. he's a superstar and and he's playing at, at just as high level as. As Rudy Fernandez, as as the Gasol twins, you know what I mean, or as a Ginobili on Argentina, you know what I mean. Like those guys are like most of these guys. Most of these countries don't have like twelve NBA players to put on, like you know what I mean. But they're playing at a high level, so it's like, yeah. what's the connect? Like to me, I'm like, what is the disconnect there? Like I just, it's not matching up. Nope. It's not, it's not matching up. So it's like I'm watching them go through it again, and, you know, I'm watching Team Canada play. We I think we actually met up this summer at the U23 game, you know what I mean? So it was nice to see you there. But it's like I want to see where it's like, yo, when Team Canada is in anything, if if U.S. ain't there, are we winning that? Like, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? Like I, I want to see that now, you know what I mean? So this I'm not like this is not, this is not a shot at Team Canada. This is like I, w- I actually want to see the success. Because I thought, like I said, by now, I thought for sure, O'Neal, like seriously, I thought by now it would be like, man, I'm tired of seeing Team Canada and the U.S. play, play in, a, in a championship like, again. You know what yep. I mean? Like, oh, that's boring. Like, I like I want to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not the not the same conversation we've been having, like, you know, with, that we had 15 years ago. We're still having it now. I agree. So that, that's why I'm legitimately asking you, like, that question because I'm like, I'm, I'm confused now. Like, I'm just like, yo, what, like, what is it? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand this. When the world champ- people, sorry, go ahead. There's some people just don't know, and they think, "Oh yeah, we can compete." It's like, uh, yeah, it depends if you put the right team together, we can compete. Yeah. So, and we yeah. have the talent. It's not that we don't have the talent. We got the we we, we more than got the talent. It ain't about mm-hmm. the talent. It ain't about the players on the floor at this point. It isn't. We've always had the talent. Yeah. It's yeah. About putting the right. Like it's, I don't know, man. But that that's got to be fixed. I, I feel like that has to be a separate podcast at a at a certain point, which I would love to do. But that that has to be a separate one at this point. Um, but was that? Got to get Mike Meeks on and answer some questions. Yeah, yeah, it should. Or Robert, it should. Will you, you some strings get Robert? Yeah, no, we should. We should because those are those are some legitimate questions, man. Um, to that, that I like as a basketball fan, I want them answered. Man. <laughs> I do. I, I really, I really do. But man, bat the NBA season's coming up, man. You know, I can't wait for the season to start. So of course, you know, like throughout the year, we'll have you back on on um, you know, on, on the Ave and you know, talking hoops and college hoops, everything. You know what I mean? Everything in between, man. So, um, I appreciate you for coming back on this one. Thank you for coming to the Ave, sir. As always, you know what I mean, and sharing your basketball knowledge and all of that. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, no problem. And what do you got? Uh, oh, let me let me ask you one more question, NBA question. I know this is very early, very very early. Who's the team or player that you can't wait to watch this season? I thought you were going to ask me who I who I who I'm picking. I was going to say Golden State Warriors. Okay, you can you can you can uh, do that too. You can do that too. Yeah, unless everything everybody healthy, Golden State Warriors to repeat. Uh, what team am I looking to watch? Um, who, who was I looking to watch? Definitely, I want to see Brooklyn. Uh, ben Simmons plays. Um, but I'm a Golden State. I like Golden State. Yeah. What they're doing. I would say Brooklyn, Golden State. I pick Golden State to win the NBA championship. I would love to see Brooklyn, how they, you know, what they do. In in light uh, of everything that we spoke about, yeah, yeah, I definitely <laughs> want to see. I like Ben Simmons, the way he plays. When he's on the court, he plays hard. Yeah, you know, he plays. He gives you everything else. Yeah, he's, he's not going to shoot, but he gives you everything else. He competes. Um, when he's on the court, you know, um, uh, and I want to see, I want to see the oh, Shay, Shaden, Shaden Shark. That's what I want to see. Mm, on Portland. Yeah, I want to mm-hmm. see how Shane plays. Like, I, I really believe he stays healthy. I, I think he's going to... From what I've watched the NBA, the guys that dominate the game are the guys that play above the rim. Mm-hmm. And Shane plays above shoot. the rim. 
And so And he's both. He can shoot and he can get above and, the rim. Yeah. So with that shot, his athleticism, he elevates, he plays above the rim. So I wanna see I wanna see Shaden Sharp. I wanna see how he does in the NBA. And, That's and, what and what's crazy, what I think is great for him though too, is I know he's he's tucked in the northwest, but Man, what what a player to practice with every day. You got Lillard in front of you every day. That and wants that wants to be there and that's a legit superstar. That wants to be there. He's gonna he's gonna teach Shaden. Yeah. Oh, and Nemhart, one A and one B. Shaden Sharp one A, Andrew Nemhart one B. Mm. Um, just because a lot of people doubted this kid, they don't think he could play. And I'm like, this kid is to me is Jason Kidd two point And the NBA's perfect for Andrew. The way he's gonna be diving facilitating setting people up so mm. i'm looking forward to andrew nemhart play as well yeah i i'm 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 looking forward to see matherin play as well you know yeah. Mon- montreal stand up but honestly like that indiana team is going to be interesting to watch too i know they're going on the youth development but i want to see how those guys are going to pan out you know i know, yep. know nemhart's there as well so i, I think that's going to be that's going to be great that that u23 game that we played at you know who i liked who I think who I, I every time he stepped on the court, I thought he was a pro player. I can't remember his first name, but I think his, his last name is Bartholomew. Oh, Keyshawn? Yeah. I don't know, man. Only I was watching that game. I'm like, yo, every time I watch him play, I'm like, yo, I, I'm like, that's a pro player. That's that's a pro player to me. I'm looking at him play, and I'm like, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a pro point guard in a few years. Right, right. You know what I mean? To me, anyway. To me, to me anyway. But... To, to answer my own question real quick, um, um, off the top of my head, though, right now, I would say Denver. I want to see Jamal Murray. We haven't seen him since in the last year and a half. I know he's supposed to be, like, 100% healthy now. I want to see how, how how him and Michael Porter, MPJ, you know, comes back with, with, with Joker. I think that's yeah. going to be legitimately, like, I can't wait to see that. And I, and I miss Jamal, man. I, I'm waiting to see Murray back, man. Yep. I know he's chomping at the bit. You know, nobody's talking about him right now. And I'm like, that has to change. So that's the guy. I think that's the team that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the most right now. That might change in about a month or so, but but right now I would say Denver. I'm I'm intrigued to see what they're gonna do. Okay. Yes, Sounds sir. Good. Yes, sir. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Av Podcast. A special shout out to O'Neill Kamaka for coming through to share his thoughts on this episode. I'll be back next Friday with a new episode featuring an interview I did with Will Strickland, the director of Full Court 21 Canada and a podcaster as well, fellow podcaster. And then on September 30th, I'll be doing the first of its kind. Yes, I'm going to claim it. I'm going to claim it. I'll be doing the first ever R&B fantasy draft. I can't wait for you to see that one, man. So... Both of those next two will be on the South Sharaf YouTube channel as well as everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And on that note, make sure you review and subscribe to my shows and check out all the latest episodes, past and recent, on my website, SouthSharaf.com. Once again, that's SouthSharaf.com. For Neil Kamaka, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the Av Podcast on South Sharaf Radio. All right, until next week, peace. We out.